Well, praise the Lord. Today we're going to turn to Psalms 91. Praise God. Many times it's referred to as the Psalm of Protection. Praise God. We're going to talk today about freedom from fear. We have, uh, you know, since the beginning of the year, um, been kind of on a mandate for the Lord to uh, uh, talking about uh, identity. And, um, you know, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me at the end of 2019 uh, that as we come into 2020, that uh, we were to minister on uh, that His people, what He said to me, His people need to identify with their true identity. And so that's why, you know, we've spent each week coming at you concerning identity. And the last, um, the last month here, we have been specifically dealing with fear or the removal of fear uh, because in showing how fear gets in the way uh, of our identity, what it does is it begins to uh, disengage, probably the best word I can come up with maybe there, disengage your uh, confidence, your confidence in who you are and whose you are, okay? And that's why we spent uh, several weeks just, uh, you know, opening up with First John uh, chapter 4 there. And uh, today, uh, I'm just going to go straight into Psalms 91 because I kind of felt like that's where I had to go today. And so I'm just going to, uh, verse by verse, kind of dissect this, move this, move through this thing, because we're still attacking fear, okay, uh, getting free from fear. And even though this is really is a, is a um, uh, multiple promises in this psalm concerning protection, but I thought it'd be, it'd be worthy to, uh, to minister this uh, as we attack fear, okay? So anyway, Psalms 91, please. Verse 1 says, He who dwells... In the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells. Now, that's hopefully talking about you and uh, talking about me because it's talking about an individual who's willing to dwell in the secret place. Now, you know, kind of how we do things around here, we're, uh, we're going we're gonna to define everything out, take word by word for the most part and define it because I always feel like it opens up and it, it kind of... Um, it helps renew our minds to what he's talking about. So the first word I want to talk about is this word dwell. Okay, what does it mean? He who dwells in the secret place. Well, the word dwell means to remain, uh, to abide, to continue. All right? But literally it means to settle in and to sit down. <laughs> settle in and sit down. In other words, uh, you're not just going to be this casual visitor where you slide in, slide out real quick. He wants you to come in, amen, uh, settle in and to sit down, amen, because everything else from a verse uh, one on here, all the promises that we see throughout this uh, psalm, it starts with you settling in and sitting down and hearing what God has to say to you, because it could be life or death. It could be the difference between the blessing and the curse. It could be the difference between, uh, you know, God doing something supernatural for you and your household or you missing out on an opportunity or something. So it pays for us to come into the presence of God, amen, to hear what He has to say. And it takes a people willing to, as He said, to dwell, all right, or to settle in and sit down, to continue, abide, remain, amen, to dwell in the secret place. So what's the secret place? Well, the secret place uh, is defined as uh, that which is concealed or hidden. It really refers to something that's protected and even uses the, uh, the word a cover. So when you talk about coming into the secret place, you're coming into literally a covering, a protective covering in God, really what we like to refer to as the presence of God because presence is key. Uh, there's so many benefits to presence. Um, in, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Uh, pleasures forevermore, the scriptures say. Uh, I believe Psalm 16 brings that out. Uh, uh, in Exodus, talking to Moses, he says that his presence brings rest. Um, you know, in, uh, in the book of Acts, we see where in his presence are times of refreshment, okay? And also goes on to say times of restoration. 
You think about how many things could be different if we just spend the time uh, in the presence of the Lord. We just spend the time in that secret place with God. Amen. Uh, and, you know, you think that, uh, you know, as you minister these kind of things, you, you just assume all Christians do this. But not all Christians, do, you know, do this. They don't. Um, a lot of Christians just get on with their life and, you know, they got, they got uh, fire insurance. You know, they've accepted Him as Lord and, and they just go on and live life like any other person out there lives life. But you got the greater one on the inside. You got the power of God at your disposal. You got the armor of God. You got, uh, you know, the Word of God. You got the Spirit of God. These are all things that are at your disposal. And one of the biggest things that we have is a right, the, the, the uh, access, the book of Ephesians uses it, the access into the things of God. We have access into His presence because Jesus made a way that no matter what has happened, no matter the good, the bad, the ugly, the ups, the downs, the ins and outs, at any given time, because of the fact that you've been made the righteousness of God, you always will have access into the presence of God, into that secret place. So there's no excuses. There, uh, there, there shouldn't be uh, anything that, that, that hinders you or distracts you from doing that. Uh, you know, life goes on. We get that. There's all kinds of things that happen. But if you don't take the time to get in the presence of God, if you don't take the time to dwell in the secret place, you're probably going to miss out on some things. And you, you may not end up in the right place at the right time. And, and then all of a sudden now we, got, you know, we need a miracle to get us some kind of a breakthrough because we made a wrong decision, made a wrong move, got on the wrong road, whatever, okay? Uh, so anyway, that's why this is so key. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Now this word uh, Most High is El Elyon, okay, which just means Supreme One. It means the elevated one. Now, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'll, as we get into this psalm, there are several places, and we see just even in the first few verses, uh, the, these redemptive names of God uh, come out. And uh, so all these are, are pretty important when you see it in the area of your protection or the area of walking free from fear. It comes into this thing of understanding uh, these redemptive names of God and what they mean. So you got right now, uh, when you come into the presence of God, we're seeing that you come in to where the supreme one, the elevated one, the one that knows all, the most high God is who you have an audience with. All right? So praise the Lord. So he who dwells, okay, in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. So the one that dwells Okay, that does, remember, continues, abides, remains to, to literally settle in and sit down. That The one that does that says, shall abide. Okay, what does that mean? Well, that mean, word means to literally stay permanently, to, take, to uh, take residence or to lodge. Okay, so talking again, it's talking about not just being some visitor, but literally taking up residence. So in other words, the person that, that chooses to take residence or remain in his presence, it says that that person shall, amen, take residence under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, the word shadow uh, means uh, uh, literally a shade of defense or security, protection, a safeguard. So we're seeing that the shadow he's talking about, under his shadow, all right, is where the security is, the protection is. Your safeguard, literally the shade of defense, all right? So now you think about this. If you're not going to spend any time uh, in the secret place, then this may be right off the get-go. We don't we even get past one verse yet, and we're already finding out that one of the benefits is to be under now the shadow of the Almighty, all right? So if I don't want to miss out on that. So I, I want to spend time with Him so that, I'm under the shadow of defense of the Almighty. And this word Almighty, another word here, all right, uh, is El Shaddai, okay, uh, which means the breasty one, the all-sufficient God, the God who's more than enough, all right, which is key, all right. So he's, he's the God who's more than enough. So no matter what's attacking you, 
what kind of deals where fear's trying to creep in. You got to remember that not only do you have the most high uh, who's given you audience, amen, but you also have the almighty, praise God, uh, El Shaddai, the breasty one, the all-sufficient God, the God who's more than enough, Amen, is right there as your defense, right there for your protection, right there for your security, praise God. All right, so this, we have no reason to fear because the Almighty One is right there with us, praise God. All right, let's go to verse 2. I will say of the Lord, I love this, I love the psalmist that he brings this out, I will say of the Lord, all right, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. So you see here, already in verse 2, it's already now talking about uh, how you're going to use your mouth. Okay, because it's key. All right, so we're talking now, we have a God that's with us. Okay, the Most High, the Almighty, praise God. Hallelujah. And he's saying, listen, I, I got to have your tongue involved. I got to have your tongue saying the right thing. All right, and it says, I will say. Literally means to declare, to boast. All right, with confidence, to make confession. All right, a covenant acknowledgement is how uh, the new covenant uh, word confession is defined. Okay, saying the same word. In other words, if he's my re refuge and he's my fortress, then that's what I'm going to talk. I'm not going to talk about uh, how I'm going to uh, I'm going to be overcome. I'm not going to talk about how I'm going under. I'm not going to talk about uh, how it ain't working. I'm not going to talk some negativity. I'm not going to run my mouth and talk about how we're all going to die. Okay, that's uh, that's just a bunch of uh, you know. You just had no business saying that stuff as a Christian. All right, because you got the Almighty at your disposal. All right, so you're going to have to say things because you're now coming into His presence. You're now spending time with him. There's a covering there. Now, all he needs is for you to get your mouth uh, saying the same thing, all right, because you can shut things down with your own words, all right? Anyway, so I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my shelter. Literally means the one in whom uh, one could trust is what it refers to because the word trust is, a, is, is part of this definition, all right? So a shelter in which you can trust. So he's your refuge, your shelter. What else is he? he you're also declaring out your mouth. He's your fortress, your stronghold, all right? A, literally means a fortified castle, all right? So he's not only a shelter uh, that we, in which we can trust in, he's that fortified castle, now, amen. He's that stronghold that we lean on, praise God. And it goes on, my God, claiming me as your God, amen. Now, boy, I tell you right there, that in itself, boy, that, that preach right there because, you know, you're declaring him as your God. He's not some, uh, some God out there that has no connection with you. See, you're spending time with him now. You're, you're in his presence on, on a consistent basis. You're spending time with him and you're operating under that blessing, under that covering, amen, under that security and protection, praise God. And you're, you're, you're getting in agreement with it with your words. You're, you're declaring, amen, he's your fortress. You're declaring he's your refuge, amen. And you're also declaring that he's your God. He's your God, amen. That was one of the things that uh, you notice uh, across the board with our patriarchs of faith. Um, you know, we've spent, been spending a lot of time with them on, uh, you know, in the midweeks. And uh, I've spent a lot of time, uh, you know, meditating on, on uh, individuals like David, and Abraham, and uh, you know, and now we're, we've been ministering some things about Daniel, and uh, but these were all patriarchs of faith that constantly referred to him as the living God, constantly referred to him as their God. Okay, constantly the word said they walked with God. In other words, they conversed with God because they saw God as as one they could converse with, one who was tangible in a sense that they could they could touch. All right, in the sense of they knew they could walk and communicate. He would communicate back. They took God uh, as their God. And it's huge. You know, you think about this in the area of protection, in the area of walking free from fear. Uh, you know, that's why we've been dealing with this thing about your identity and who you are and whose you are. When you see him as your God, okay, well, then he, you know he's got your back. All right, you're not seeing him as one that, you know, gets busy and forgets about you. One that, you know, doesn't claim you as his own. 
No, he claims you as your, as his. Amen. You are, praise God, in the household of faith, the family of God. Amen. You are a child of God. Hallelujah. You are one of his. Praise God. And so the, the, the psalmist is saying, I am saying of my mouth, he's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God. And in him, here we go, I will trust. There it is again. Amen. I will trust I will have uh, take confidence in. I will take assurance uh, in, praise God. I'm going to rely on him, praise God. So he's my God in whom I trust. Now, let's go back to that word God there, okay? Because it's just another, another redemptive name. Elohim is the Hebrew word here uh, for God in this verse. Uh, he's Elohim, which means the strong and faithful one, all right? The strong and and faithful one. It also refers to an establisher of natural law uh, or one who preserves natural law. Um, and the reason that, that that comes up is because uh, this is the name used in Genesis 1 when God said, and God said, and, and God said, God is talking about Elohim. He's the one that established it all, He's the one that set it all in motion. And so when you start thinking about He's the one in whom I trust, Okay, so what you're seeing is that the one that set it all in motion is the one I'm relying on. He's the one that, that designed it to work this way. He's the one uh, that, that's preserving it. So the principles, you know, stuff like uh, every seed produces after its own kind. Okay, uh, that's all a part of this. Okay, so you know that you can rely and trust in that. All right, uh, you know the sun's going to come up. Uh, uh, you know that, that the, well, of course, we know it's the earth rotating or orbiting and then rotating. And, and so we know that every, every morning the sun, in a sense, comes up uh, in the east and goes down in the west. We know that the moon uh, also ha takes a place in this. Uh, you know, uh, the, the way precipitation works, the way vegetation works, even in the sense the way the animal kingdom works. All these are things that are all set in order by, uh, by this one uh, referred to as Elohim, okay? The strong and faithful one, the establisher of natural law and the one who preserves it, praise God. So now just keep that in mind. Okay, so here it is now where we've come into his presence. Uh, we're now operating under that covering. Amen. We're making declaration out of our mouth of who he is to us. Amen. Hallelujah, making declaration out of our mouth that he's our God and he's the one in whom we trust, all right? So now we get to verse 3. Here's another promise. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from perilous pestilence. Here we go. Surely he, talking about God, shall deliver you. Well, who's the you uh, he's talking about? He's talking to the same person he was talking to in verse 1 that he who would dwell in the secret place. Okay, so that individual, he says, surely I will deliver you or he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from perilous pestilence. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, here we go. The word deliver, okay, means to save or rescue or preserve. But get this, it means to snatch away from, to snatch away from, all right? So the fowler, is one, uh, that's just another name for one that, that, that traps birds uh, with a net, uh, netting or whatever. They, they try to uh, 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 trap birds to, uh, for whatever reasons, but uh, that's a fowler. So here you are as an eagle in the kingdom of God, and you got a fowler out there trying to trap you. And that word here, uh, that snare, means a trap or a net that's set. So here you go, you got a fowler. We know it's talking about the thief, the enemy. It's just another name they give him because he's, he's trying to trap you. He's trying to throw a net over you and take you captive, okay? So we're finding out that God will snatch you up before the enemy can snatch you. Well, how does that happen? I mean, because we know a lot of Christians that are getting snatched all the time, getting snared all the time by the enemy, getting, getting netted by the enemy, getting stolen from. And you think, well, well, gosh, if God's, you know, delivering somebody from this, why is it happening? Well, I guarantee I know why. 
because it's right there in the word. In the word. It's verse 1. If we're not spending any time with him, if we're not, we're not attentive, if we're not settling in and sitting down and receiving, amen, whatever he speaks, whatever he leads, uh, if we're not being led by the Spirit of God, then chances are you're going to get snared up and trapped every time the fowler throws something out in front of you. So you got you to take heed to this. And it says you're not only going to get delivered from the snare of the fowler, but from literally says from perilous pestilence. Boy, I'll tell you this one right here. It fits today. All right, it fits today. All right, because the word perilous pestilence means a mischievous plague. All right, it means an evil, something with an evil intention or evil-minded or annoyance. Okay, this whole thing that we're dealing with right now uh, throughout the world, uh, within our nation, everybody's in a panic and an uproar, and this little mischievous plague okay, is, is dictating, shutting people down, shutting down uh, businesses, shutting down, uh, you know, uh, churches, shutting down, uh, you know, all across the, all across the world. Uh, and it's just some mischievous thing. Now, I'm not denying the existence of it by any means. But my goodness, you know, this little, little mischievous thing, this little, uh, what, what was the other word defined? Uh, this evil-intentioned, evil-minded annoyance, all right, is dictating across this world, is dictating across this nation, all right? And it's, it's a perilous pestilence. Well, I tell you what, okay, it's out there. Uh, like I said, we're not denying the existence of it, but it doesn't have to get you. It doesn't have to control your household. So what you got to do is you got to uh, spend some time Get the word of the Lord, amen, concerning your household. And then what you got to do is keep your mouth right. And if you'll do that, guess what? You'll get snatched up before the enemy snatches you. And this is how it works. And so we all like the promise of being delivered. We all like the promise, you know, of protection. We all like the promise of walking free from fear. But you're going to have to spend some time with him, and you're going to have to get your mouth working for you and not against you. All right. So he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from perilous pestilence. I put uh, Proverbs 1 as a verse here. Just You can uh, uh, look it up later. But Proverbs 1.33 says this, that whoever listens to me, is what he says, will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Well, that's a promise and a half. Okay, whoever's going to listen. So that's why you got to settle in and sit down so you can listen. Okay, because whoever listens to me, that's what he's saying to you now, will dwell safely. Okay, you're not going to get snared up by the fowler. This perilous pestilence, this annoyance, this, this uh, plague, uh, this mischievous plague is not going to get you and control and dictate your household. Why? Because you're listening and you're dwelling safely, and you're going to be secure without fear of evil. Praise God. Good promise, amen. Back to Psalms 92, verse 4 now. He shall cover you with his feathers. Under his wings he shall, you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Praise God. Amen. He shall cover you. Literally means he tell, shall defend you. All right? He shall protect you from harm. Okay? You know, so you kind of, you know, we start looking at this now. You see, see, not only is he delivering from the enemy, you know, from the one that's trying to snatch you up, okay, he's, he's covering you, amen, it says, with his feathers. Now, this word feathers, uh, when you look it up, just means the wings or the wings itself, okay? Now, you, you need to see that. So, he's talking about the feathers or the wings or the wing itself, but then it says, he, uh, and under his wings, which is actually a little different word, okay, uh, but this word wings, the second one in there, okay, so his feathers, referring to the wing, but when it says under his wings, it means that which overspreads, okay? So an overspreading, or literally now it's referring to the wings being extended over you, okay? So you're coming out, you're coming under, amen, you're the, the, uh, from protection, or pardon me, pro- protection from harm, coming under the, under the wing, and literally God extends the wings, so to speak, 
In other words, we're maybe again looking at that, uh, we could say maybe under the shadow again of the Almighty, maybe just another way of saying it, all right? So he's extending or overspreading his wings over you, amen, and it says, uh, and you shall take refuge in that, or again, protection under that. So all of this now, you start seeing it's just another way of saying it. You're coming, you know, under the shadow of the Almighty. You're coming under the wings of, uh, for refuge, praise God. All because uh, you spend time with Him. You're getting a word of the Lord, a leading of God. Amen. You got your mouth talking the right things, praise God. And now, praise God, God has room to move and to protect you. He goes on to say His truth, all right, His, His truth. And, and uh, shall be your shield and buckler. Now, you know, you first read that, you start thinking, well, it's talking about his word. But really, it's not talking about his word necessarily. Now, it's not excluding his word, but it's not really talking about his word. All right? It means stability. Okay? It means certainty. It means trustworthiness or faithfulness. Okay? So now you start seeing it. His truth or his stability. Okay, so now, uh, you know, we're looking at, you know, God's stable. God isn't all over the map. God's not scared and freaking out every time somebody starts using the word cancer or coronavirus or whatever. You know, they, uh, you know he doesn't get all shaken by it. He doesn't get shaken about, you know, the economy. Say, oh, we're all going under. He, God doesn't get moved by any of that stuff. He doesn't get, he doesn't get moved when somebody called you some nasty name. God don't get moved by it. Now, we do. We get all caught up in it. But he says, listen, my truth or my stability, all right, my, uh, my certainty, my faithfulness, my trustworthiness literally can be a, a shield to you and a buckler, all right, a shield and a buckler. So I, you know, I took some time and looked some of that up and read up about it a little bit and you know, you kind of have an idea what he's talking about. A lot of times it's just a, a quick phrase we read, and, and, uh, but it's referring to two different uh, pieces of armament, uh, one being the shield itself that you would normally see, uh, uh, you know, a, a soldier or, a, um, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, person maybe that's, uh, uh, you know, in battle, okay, he's got a shield, okay, he might have a sword in one hand and have the shield in the other hand, that shield, uh, of course, is a, a bigger shield. It covers more of your, uh, you know, it can cover more of you. And at the same time, a lot of times them shields are used to, uh, when, when, when these soldiers know what they're doing, they, they a lot of times can lock shields together depending on how they're, you know, defending and what they're defending, all right? That becomes this normal big shield. But then there's this thing called a buckler, okay, a buckler. Well, buckler is another type of shield. But it's a smaller one. It's one that's usually is, is going to be war on the forearms, okay? A lot of times the hand might, uh, you know, they might be come through and where the hand can still kind of hold it in place. But it's there to help from blows, you know, so maybe they got a shield here and they got the sword. But that, that buckler can be there to protect, you know, their, their forearm or whatever. Or if there's a blow coming from the side, they're able to maybe uh, protect that. So it could be made of anything from either metal um, sometimes it's just made of, of leather, okay, a heavy, uh, thick hide or leather. Uh, but it, he's saying here that his faithfulness, his truth or stability, his certainty or trustworthiness, amen, it's like having a, you're, you're shielded, okay? You got this big old shield, and then you got even here that just to defend from whatever's coming from the side or whatever it is, so that no matter what's going on around you, you're covered. It's just another way to say you're covered, all right? You got a God that's with you. You can depend on him. He's, he's, he's trustworthy. He's stable. He's certain. He's not all over the map. So when, when, when you feel like everything in you wants to, uh, to, to flip out and go every direction, you know you can rely on him, lean on him, praise God, and he can be your protector, your shield and buckler, praise God. Verse 5 of Psalms 91. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, 
or the arrow that flies by day. Talking about daytime, nighttime things, okay? Covering, covering our bases here. But here you go. You shall not be afraid, okay? That's one of those words about being tormented and oppressed uh, based on fear. You shall not be afraid of the terror, okay, by night, which actually referring to uh, really nighttime, uh, you know, in the evening when maybe the lights are out, it's dark, okay, whatever, but terror by night. The word terror means sudden alarm or to be suddenly shocked or scared or startled, okay? Um, you know, a lot of times that's what happens. The enemy creates some kind of thing or something happens and all of a sudden you're, you're startled. And, uh, you know, uh, the Word says that, uh, you know, here, that you don't have to be afraid of anything that goes on in the, you know, that bumps in the night, so to speak. Amen. You don't have to be afraid that all the things that maybe try to spring up to try to startle you. Amen. That's when you cast that uh, care upon the Lord and you just go back to sleep. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't let that, uh, don't let fear in here. All right. Then it says also the arrow that flies by day. And I thought that's worthy of looking at because, you know, you think of an arrow and, you know, as a, for a bow and arrow. Um, uh, anyway, uh, the word means actually a piercer, that which pierces. Okay, uh, so it's referring to really any weapon that's used to pierce uh, the skin. Okay, so an arrow, uh, you know, a knife, uh, you know, uh, even a bullet. If you really stop and think about it, you could break it down to that and make it more, uh, you know, more relevant. Um, so the thing is, you don't have to fear what bumps in the night. You don't have to fear what's going on, all the chaos and stuff that goes on around, you know, even the stuff that happens here and there. People get crazy. I get it. But you don't have to fear it. Amen. You got to cover it. You got a God that's on your side. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, be uh, fearful, uh, be oppressed, to be, uh, you, know, uh, you, know, fear, uh, you know, oppressed by fear in any way, shape, or form concerning what goes on at night or what goes on in the day. And the next verse kind of says some similar things. Nor, in other words, you're kind of carrying on the same statement, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. This is verse 6 here. Uh, so the pestilence, uh, it's kind of the same word they used earlier, that, that nuisance, okay, that, that, that plague, that nuisance thing, that pestilence that walks in the darkness, okay. Well, I looked that up. And it literally means, you know, when it says walks in the dark or walks in the darkness, it means that which sneaks around in obscurity. Now, now hang on to this, okay, because it's, it's not just, you know, something you see physical here. I want, you, I want you to hang on to this. Nor of the destruction or the ruin, that's what it means. It's talking about devastation, desolation, elimination, extermination, okay? Uh, anything that brings desolation or ruin that lays waste at noonday, and that word lays waste means to swell up in order to devastate, in order to wipe out and plunder. Now, the point I'm trying to make with this verse, okay, so he's talking about the pestilence that walks in the dark, the destruction that lays waste at noonday. He's talking about literally things being said, okay, doom and gloom, okay, this, this walks in darkness stuff, okay, this pestilence is talking about the doom and gloom that's out there. So, Think about what's going on today, okay, out there. Doom and gloom. I mean, you get, you get one, uh, you know, and I told myself I wasn't going to get on my soapbox with these things, but, uh, uh, but you know, you see these, you got one, one person saying, you know, millions are going to die from, it's like, shut up. That's doom and gloom. That's pestilence, literally, that's pestilence that walks in darkness, okay? That's what that means, okay? They're, they're just, uh, they're sneaking around in obscurity. They're, they're sneaking around saying stuff they have no basis on. But they're saying it to create panic. Okay, that's what's going on. All right? Is people being affected? Yeah, but, but no more than any other thing that we've had to deal with around the world from year to year. Okay? And so it's just another thing, and they put a name on it. Okay, great. Okay, we're, we're, we're not denying its existence, but we're not going to sit here as a Christian and start talking doom and gloom 
We got no business because that's what the enemy does. We don't do that stuff. All right, we don't give place to this. We take authority over it. It's what we do. All right. Hallelujah. Lays waste, that destruction, this ruin, this elimination, extermination. Think about that. Elimination, extermination, ruin. We're all going under. All right. It lays waste. It, it swells up. It's, it swells up in order to devastate. See, it's, it's words that are just trying to swell up. Okay, and we're going to see more of this here in a minute. It swells up to try to devastate. It, it, it tries to swell up and get you to think all is lost. Well, it's a lie from the pit of hell. All right. There's no way that you as a child of God uh, need to be fearful, especially of, you know, when people are, are, are spewing stuff. They got no business spewing. Okay, and uh, again, without getting on my soapbox about some of this stuff, uh, it's just, uh, you know, it grieves my heart when I see, uh, you know, the people that should know better, okay, giving into this stuff, okay, and I'm not mad, I'm not upset, but uh, I do get a little gripe by, uh, by the media that keeps, uh, you know, trying to make it swell up, make it worse than it is, trying to get everybody in an uproar and a panic, and uh Anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that, all right? So, but anyway, uh, have a little bit of a, a time with that, all right? But we as Christians need to be walk free from fear, okay? Our president, I'll put a little plug for him, our president is trying to get uh, people to calm down, all right? I appreciate that, all right? He's trying to get, uh, you know, he's trying to get things back running order again, get things moving again. Get people back to work and, and back to school and back to the, you know, things they need to get to, back to their churches. Amen. And I appreciate that. Amen. And uh, so, uh, you know, I know he's got a little, little bit of war going on with that, but I just want you to know that, you know, we need as Christians get behind, uh, uh, you know, get behind our president, pray for him. And, uh, you know, and pray for uh, the, the rest of the body of Christ to, to not run their mouth and agree uh, with the enemy in this stuff. The stuff they're trying to swell up. Don't get caught up in that. All right. I said I wasn't going to say any more, and I did anyway, didn't I? So anyway, praise the Lord. Well, let's get back here to Psalm 91. Verse 7. Okay, now here we go. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not Come near you. Literally means it shall not overtake you. It's all around. But if you'll do your part, okay, your enemy, praise God. It literally says a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand. Amen. It literally means multiplied thousands is what it means. Multiplied thousands at your right hand. And, of course, the right hand usually is, uh, you know, is representation of, uh, of strength. Of, of, of your authority, your dominion, okay? So it's you taking authority and dominion, using your mouth right, spending time getting the leading of the Lord. Remember, we can't, you, can't, you can't claim all these promises if you ain't going to spend any time with Him. Okay, so you, you got it always comes back to verse 1, all right? And verse 2 in the area where your tongue and your mouth is, okay? So these are all critical things, okay? But if you will do what's right, they'll fall by your side. Literally multiplied thousands are dropping like, like flies, man, because you're doing your part. Amen. You're under the protection of God, walking in the blessing of the Lord. Praise God. The hoopah, the covering of God. Amen. That protective covering. Praise God. And this is how this works. Amen. Keeping you protected. Keeping you covered. Amen. Hallelujah. So praise God. They're all, all our enemies are dropping. And it says this in verse 8, which is, stays connected, remember, to verse 7 here. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Now remember, this is a promise. But it said only with your eyes you shall look. Okay, so obviously you're seeing something. With your eyes you're seeing something. And you're seeing, literally it says you're going to see something. You're going to see the reward of of the wicked. Okay, now the word here, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe give the definition of this. We'll come back up to that, uh, the top part of this. But the word reward here, 
okay, means uh, retribution, recompense. Literally means recompense on the guilty or the condemned, okay? Because there's a lot of people out there that have jumped on board with the enemy and doing things they shouldn't be doing, and there's going to be a payday. There's going to be a payday for that kind of stuff, all right? And it says here, you're going to see the reward of the wicked, all right? The word, of course, wicked, again, is referring to the condemned or, or the morally uh, wrong or guilty, okay? But now let's back up here because I want to give a balance on this. It said only with the eyes. See, only with your eyes. So what, why does he say it that way? See, a thousand are fallen by your side, 10,000 by your right hand, but only with your eyes you're going to see uh, what, what comes of all this. You're going to see your enemies coming down. You're going to see reward coming on them, retribution for what they've done, but it says only with your eyes. What that means is not with your heart. You're not going to sit there and wish evil on people. Our heart as a child of God is to never wish evil on anybody. Our heart is not to, uh, you know, of our will, say only with your eyes, not with your heart, not with your will. You know, you're not extending your faith to try to, you know, get everybody who's done wrong uh, to, to die or whatever or to, or, or to drop like a fly. That's not our point. Our heart is not to do that, but you will see it because sow and reap. It's a principle. And, and there is vengeance of the Lord. Okay? But even the vengeance of the Lord isn't about bringing evil upon somebody. If you, if you understood the true, uh, you know, uh, defining of vengeance of the Lord, it's still coming out of a heart of love. All right? Because you think about all the bad that's happened in the world, and yet you got a God that's still showing himself merciful and compassionate, and he's going to continue to do that. But I guarantee you there's a reward, there's a payday, there's a reaping of that which has been sowed. It just happens. And what it is is you give place to the enemy, and the enemy continues to ransack. And don't think for one second that people that have got involved with that and connected with that ain't going to see that mess. It's going to happen. And it says you're even going to see it with your eyes. All right? But we don't sit and rejoice over it. We don't sit and wish it on everybody and condemn everybody. And that's the balance of this. And so we just keep our heart right. Our heart is to, to win as many as we can. Our heart is to be as, uh, as, as compassionate as we can. Our heart is to be as merciful as we ever could uh, to people. Our heart is to, to see the masses come to Christ, to advance the kingdom. Listen, when a lot of that reward of the wicked begins to manifest, I'll tell you what, you know what they're going to start doing? They're going to look up. They're going to want mercy. And so our heart, see, if our heart is wishing evil on them, you're not going to be in a place or position to be a difference maker in their life. So I just, I know maybe it took a couple extra minutes on that, but I think it's worthy of bringing it out. And hopefully we as, you know, maybe I could say word of victorians, amen, that we, uh, we have a right heart when it comes time to some of these things. Amen? Amen. Verse 9, uh, Psalms 91, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, because you have made, because you have made the Lord, amen, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, my shelter, Amen. Hallelujah. Because you have made the, uh, made the Lord, amen, who is my refuge. Amen. My, you've done this. You have made the Lord your, uh, uh, your refuge. Amen. Even, here we go, the most high, there's that word again, all right, that we read earlier. Even the most high, your dwelling place or your habitation, your abode, your place of residence. So it's saying the same thing. But because you've made that, all of this is happening. Because when it starts the verse, because, okay? So because all this is going on and because you, you're keeping your heart right, because you're keeping your head right, because you're keeping your mouth right, 
because you're keeping your relationship right with God. Amen. Now, you know, he remains as your dwelling place. Hallelujah. That's just good. Hallelujah. That's good stuff. Verse 10, no evil shall befall you, nor, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Okay, so let's define that a little bit. So, of course, this is verse 10 now. No evil shall befall you. Okay, the word evil, just when you look it up, it just means bad in the widest sense. Anything you can think bad, it'll fit in that, it'll fit in that, uh, in that uh, word right there. Okay, evil, anything bad. Bad in the widest sense, all right? Hallelujah. For no evil shall befall you, amen, or come nigh you, right? Nor shall any plague, okay? There's that uh, uh, word here, but actually it's a little bit, little bit different uh, Hebrew word there. Uh, it literally means a, an inflicting blow. Any, it refers to any inflicting blow. So no evil, no bad should come upon you. No, nothing that would try to come to bring an inflicting blow in your life, to bring some kind of devastation or destruction, some hard blow to your family, your house, your life, your business, amen, your marriage, hallelujah, your church. So he's talking about no evil shall befall you, no plague Come nigh your dwelling, all right? That word dwelling means also house or tent, okay? Talking about your own, your own uh, uh, place, okay? Um, but anyway, I thought it was worthy. I, I, the verse that jumps at me when I read this, and actually it's a, a verse a lot of times when I'm praying this for y'all in the mornings um, and over my family, uh, this, this is a key verse that I use. Uh, you know, I'm covering you with the blood of the Lamb, and, and you know, the angelic hosts are there to protect, and, and no evil is going to befall you. No plague come nigh you. And I always, right here, this is where I was, it always jumps in my spirit, and no weapon formed against you will prosper. That's Isaiah 54 and 17. No weapon that has been formed against you. Literally means there's things out there that are trying to be put together and fashioned and formed just to be a weapon against you. Okay, the enemy, he's trying to do his best to knock you off your faith. So there's a weapon formed against you. But guess what? Amen. No evil is going to befall you. No plague, no, no inflicting blow is coming out. No weapon that has been formed against you is going to prosper. Praise God. It even goes on to say every tongue even that would rise against you and judge is going to be declared in the wrong. Amen. It's, it's coming down because it says that you're the righteousness of God. Amen. So you're covered. Even, even if it's word or verbiage that's said, things that are spoken at you. Amen. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Hallelujah. Whew, glory to God. Good promises. Verse 11. For he shall, here we go, give his angels charge over you. Of course, I mentioned that a minute ago. Uh, he, shall give, uh, he shall give his angels charge over you. Literally means given command. Uh, command, it literally means uh, given command in order to protect uh, an attack. So whatever it is that's, that's being formed against you, amen, those angels are there to cover you and protect you, amen. They've been given charge over you, amen, not against you, but over you, amen, so they're for you, they're there working for you, literally to keep you, it says, amen, or literally means to hedge about you, amen, to come around, to hedge about you, amen, in all your ways. Your, that word ways there means road or journey, um, pathway, it literally means uh, your mode of operation, your manner of living, I mean, when you're, as you're living and conducting life from day to day. So we're seeing here that even the angels of God, Hebrews 1 and 14 uh, brings out that, uh, talking about the angels of God, he said, are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister unto the heirs of salvation? That's you and me. That's why they're there. Uh, you know, uh, the angels are there to serve and, uh, and help you. All right? So now you think about this again. You get back there and you start thinking about, you know, everything that you're doing you know, by spend time getting getting leading in a wording of God, stand you know there in the presence of God, that secret place, and and you're uh, you know you're abiding in that, 
and, and uh, you know, you've you got your mouth talking the right things. you got, you know, as we found a few, few verses earlier, your heart's in the right place. Hallelujah. Boy, you, what you've done now, see, you're giving the angels uh, room to do something. Uh, you know, without getting in it too deep, but a lot of uh, we've done a lot of teaching on this over the years uh, about the angelic hosts. And you got to remember, there's an unseen realm. So you got angels, and you've also got the demonic side. You got light, you got dark. And uh, you commission, you know, you commission them to move, you commission them uh, to operate. And uh, if, uh, you know, if your words are saying something contrary to what he said, well, then, you know, your angels are standing by. The Word even says they give heed, they give heed to uh, the Word, okay? Now, it did not, didn't say necessarily just His command, but His Word. So that's why we say the same thing. That's why we talk what He said to say. Because what we're doing then is we're giving the angels now commission to do what they're called to do. And again, there's a whole sermon on that, but... You know, you have to ask yourself, who are you commissioning? Are you commissioning the angels of God to work on your behalf? Or are you given the, the side of darkness, okay, evil spirits, we could say, okay, unclean spirits, are we allowing them uh, to operate? You know, the scriptures are pretty clear that, you know, uh, we're too agreeous touching anything. Uh, it, it says it'll be given. So whatever you agree with, that doesn't mean you just agree in prayer or just agree for good things, it means across the board what you agree with. If you're going to agree with light and the side of light and the side of the kingdom of God, then guess what? You, all these things are in operation for you. You're going to talk and speak and get in agreement with the enemy. Well, then you're giving them room to move. Your own body. I mean, I think I said it a week or two back here, but, uh, you know, you fear when you start opening the door to the enemy, you're given place to fear and torment and, and bondage. Okay, I'm not going to go into all that again. But, but again, what you're doing is you're imprisoning yourself. You're putting yourself in a place of slavery okay, to the enemy. And literally, your own words begin to break down your own immune system. So you start thinking about all this that's going around. You're just setting yourself up for evil. So you don't want to do that. So you get your words doing the right thing so we can get the angels of God working for us. And, you know, instead of some, some other spirit working. Come on, somebody. Anyway, praise the Lord. All right, verse 12. In their hands, talking about the angels, right? In their hands, they shall bear you up. Okay, in their hands. Okay, okay. So just, it, it really just kind of means what it says. So they're, they're bearing you up, which means to lift you up. Okay, so they lift you up. Amen. And... Uh, unless you, here we go, dash your foot. And my, my cross-reference brings out, unless you, you, know, you strike, you stub your toe or strike and stumble, okay, strike your foot on a rock, it says here, or a stone, I think is how it's worded in New King James. Uh, and uh, in their hands, they're going to bear you up, lift you up, uh, lest you even dash your foot against a stone. That's not saying you got to go out and do that, but it's just saying they're there to protect you, all right? Hallelujah. So they're there to pick you up even if you stumble. They're there, praise God. Hallelujah. Verse, uh, let's go to verse 13. You shall tread. All right, now it's starting to get kind of getting serious here. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Now you notice all this is supposed to be under your feet. We, we, we kind of hammered on that a week or so back here. Everything, you got to keep it under your feet. If you don't keep this under your feet, it'll dictate, it'll control. Now, but I want you to see this, okay? All right? Uh, you shall tread, okay? Literally, you know, the word tread here is referring to, you know, literally you're, you're stomping on or stepping on the lion and the cobra, okay? Then it says the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Well, it's all, they all use different words here, okay, in the Hebrew. The word lion, okay, now please hear this, okay? It's worthy of giving heed to it. The word lion refers to that which is roaring, that's why they, get, they use the word lion. Okay, he's making a lot of noise. He's roaring. Okay, okay. Now, first Peter is a, is a pretty good reference in this. You know, uh, uh, I believe it's uh, chapter 5, and I want to say verse 8, you know, says that he goes about, talking about the enemy, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, he's not a lion, all right, but he goes about like a lion, okay, uh, seeking whom he may devour. It says he goes about roaring, just trying to make a lot of noise. Okay, now according to 
the Proverbs, the teeth of the, uh, of the enemy has been knocked out. So he's a toothless, you know, being making a lot of noise, just trying to get your attention and distract you. Now hang on to that, okay? So we tread upon the, the, the one which roars and the cobra, which the word cobra here, when you look it up, it refers to an asp or, you know, a type of snake. But it means that which, uh, uh, con, uh, I hope I say this word right, uh, contorts, contortion, okay? But what it means is some being uh, intimidated by that which coils and slithers. That's what he's talking about. So this first part of the verse is not even really that you're seeing, uh, you know, you're, it's not like a, a real lion or a real snake, but it's talking about that which is making a lot of noise and trying to get your distraction by that which is slithering and, you know, coiling you know, so you're, you're, you know, you're seeing something. This thing's getting your attention. This, you know, this thing here looks bad. This thing over here sounds bad. This is looking bad. This is sounding bad. And it's trying to get you all caught up in it. But you got to put it under your feet. The young lion now, okay, refers to uh, really one covered by a mame. So, we, you know, a lion has a mame. But it's referring to something kind of maybe even in its prime or... Um, because when it says young lions, referring to something that's in its, in, in maybe has, uh, has, a, has a bit of more strength to it. Okay, now get, get a hold of this. The young lion and the serpent here, which is now is not just talking about some snake. It uses the uh, word, when you, when you look at the definition of it, it means a dragon. Okay, and Revelations 12 says, you know, talk, in referring to the enemy, he calls him the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. So you hear it both ways, right? He's sometimes just called Satan or the devil, right? And it says, who deceives the whole world. It goes on to say he was cast down, him and all his angels. Okay. So the point is, is that he's bringing out that whether something's being making noise over here or something's caught your attention over here or whether we're talking about the enemy has raised up his ugly head and looks like he's got, you know, full force coming at you. Or, you know, he's, he's you know, raised up now. You think about a dragon. A dragon ain't going to be some little slithering snake. We're talking about something, man, when it spreads its wings, it looks like it's going to, you know, block the sun, you know, so to speak. So no matter how it's coming at you, no matter how bad it may look or sound, is what he's saying here. You put it under your feet. You take authority over it. You tread upon it. You trample it literally underfoot. That's what you have to do. Because it doesn't matter how big, how strong, how loud, how, how you know, off it looks. You put it under your feet. Amen. You take authority over it. And we spent quite a bit of time last week on that, dealing with that. Verse 14, now, we're wrapping her down here. Because he has set his love upon me, this is what God's saying, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I love this, all right? He set his love. Now, the word, the verse that kind of jumps at me here, um, it was a verse we used um, a week or two back, and uh, I even remember, I think I took some time, in about a year back, even took, just kind of dissected the, uh, the text there, but in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 20, it talks about, you know, we're, we, we love the Lord our God, we obey His voice, and it says, it uses a phrase, we cling to Him for He is our life. So we're saying here, when, this, when it reads here, because He has set His love upon me. So talking about now, talking about you and me setting our love upon Him, okay? Setting our love, clinging to Him. Loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Clinging to Him. Amen. He's our all in all. Remember, He is our life. So we're talking about here when somebody's looking to that God as He's your life. Amen. What happens? He delivers you. I love this. Uh, really, to take out the rest of the several verses, I will, I will, I will. Just you'll catch that here. I will. That's, he's promising there. I will. This is, a, this is a promise. I will deliver Him. You put your love toward me. Amen. You seek me first. Guess what? I will deliver you. Praise God. I will set you on high because you've known my name. And literally, the word known my name is referring to a, a sense of intimacy unto. 
All right, so become intimate with Him. So that's, that goes back to verse 1 again, okay? Spending time in the secret place, in His presence. You're becoming intimate. You're conversing, all right? You're abiding now under that shadow. You got your mouth right. You got your heart right. Amen. You're loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. You're loving Him and you're, you're following Him. You're obeying when He leads. Uh, you're, you're clinging to Him. Amen. Which means uh, that sense of commitment. Amen. That committed love unto God. Amen. And when you're doing that, praise God, it says even in here, not only delivers you, but He sets you on high. And there's several verses about that, but the one that really jumps at me is 1 Peter 5 again. And it says that when, when somebody humbles herself under the mighty hand of God, the Word says that He lifts you up or exalts you in due time, never lifts you up. So in other words, when you, you put God first place, amen, you, you submit yourself to Him, you yield yourself to Him, you surrender to Him, you humble yourself uh, under His mighty hand, guess what? He lifts you up. So no matter what's going on down here, now keep in mind everything that we've been talking about, Everything, you're putting it under your feet, you're doing it, and God just picks you up and just elevates you above all of it. Praise the Lord. Good promise, ain't it? Good promise. Verse 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer. That's a good promise. It's nice to call on God and you get an answer, right? Amen. A lot of people are, are calling out and crying out right now, but they don't necessarily have that intimacy with God. So they might be, they, they, may, may, they need to get their ears tuned, right? Might take a minute, but listen, if you keep leaning on Him, trusting Him, and calling on Him, guess what? He answers. He will answer. And here we go again some more. I will answer, right? I will be with Him in trouble. Or her, right? That word trouble just means in, during adversity, okay? Hallelujah. I will uh, be with Him in trouble. I will deliver Him and honor Him. And this word deliver uh, means to equip, all right? To equip or prepare Him. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to do some things. I'm going to work some things in Him, and I'm going to honor Him again. refers to a place of promotion or esteem. Again, going back to saying this thing about lifting one up, somebody that's being honored, somebody that's being esteemed, amen, somebody that's being promoted. It's, it's all part of that being lifted up thing, all right? So I will deliver Him. I will set Him on high. I will answer Him. I will be with Him in trouble. I will deliver Him and honor Him with long, verse 16 now, with long life, praise God, especially with everything we've been hearing over the last month here, with long life, I will satisfy Him. I will fill Him up to satisfaction. With long life, I will satisfy Him and I will show Him, here we go, show Him my salvation. That word salvation there, Yeshua, is the, is the word here. All right, Yeshua, which means deliverance, health, victory, prosperity. Okay, that's really, in a sense, the same word that you see even in the New Covenant. Uh, the New Covenant, soteria or sozo, depending on how it's used in the sentence is the Greek word. But it all means the same thing. Total meal deal, praise God. Total deliverance, health, wholeness, preservation, safety, protection, praise God, prosperity, victory. All of this fits in there. But see, get this. Hallelujah. He's going to show you this. So I'm asking you today, more than any time, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stressing it today, boy. All right, spend time with God. I know many out there, I don't get to see you uh, throughout the week here, and hopefully that'll be over here real quick, but I'm encouraging you, please. I mean, I'm, I'm putting some emphasis on this. This is a time to develop your intimacy with God, a time to develop that quiet time where you learn how to settle in and sit down and hear what He has to say. Let Him direct you. Let Him lead you. Let Him show you some things. So you're not setting yourself up for trouble, all right? And definitely get your mouth working right. Don't get in agreement with all the naysayers, negative mouths. Don't do it. Keep your heart right toward people. Remember, we're here to make a difference. We're here to be the light, the salt, the difference maker. Amen. Hallelujah. And you do all these things, guess what? All these I wills, right? I will deliver you. I'm going to set you on high. I'm going to answer you. I'm going to be with you in trouble. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to satisfy you. Amen. With long life, praise God. These are all promises from God. He's there to protect you, cover you. All these are great things.
So with that said, let's pray. Father, I give you praise and glory once again for the word. Thank you the way I had an ear to hear it, a heart to receive it. Again, opening the eyes of our understanding, giving us some clarity, giving us some understanding, praise God, about some of these things. Maybe even answering some questions. Hallelujah. Maybe even stirring it up some more for us to dive into it and seek it a little bit deeper, praise God, to get, to get uh, more insight and understanding of it. Father, I just thank you for your covering. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers all of us. Praise God. Hallelujah. No evil shall befall us. No plague come nigh. No weapon formed against us will prosper. And Father, I give you the praise and the glory. Thank you for a people of God soaring like a true eagle in God. Hallelujah. Using the word of God, walking in dominion and authority. And for that, we give you praise. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. If you're out there today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, well, I'm asking you to call on him. I'm asking you to praise God. Hallelujah. Right now, call on him. Amen. The word says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. But if you believe in your heart, amen, that God raised from the dead and you, you confess out your mouth that he is Lord, amen, for with the mouth confession is made unto salvation and with the heart one believes unto righteousness or living right or having it right, or seeing things right. Amen. And so I'm asking you, call on him, ask him into your heart. Amen. Just ask him, say, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Use my life any way you can. Forgive me for my past. Set me, set me uh, ablaze to, to, to uh, face my future. Praise God. Thank you for your mercy. And thank you for your grace. And I receive you. I call you Lord. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you did that, that's the first time you ever did that. Please, man, let us know, man. Email us. Uh, you know, send, send an email to us. Let us know. Praise God. I gave my heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, let us know the things we can pray for you about. Praise God. Anyway, we call you blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.